I'm really excited to have you here. You know, you and I have known each other, actually met through a mutual friend, yep. you know, and who truly was one of the originators and came up with the name for us for Set Studio. Yep. You know, Joey's been a, a, a great friend of mine for years, and, and I got to meet you. I'd love for you to introduce yourself. Um, my name's Adam Suda. Yeah. Um, I'm a licensed carpenter and builder, and I'm the director of Suda Built. Um, we operate in Wollongong, about an hour south of Sydney in Australia. Obviously, I've got to yeah. put that That's out It's not there. a Texas accent. No, yeah, not a Texas <laughs> accent. Um, and, yeah, we, we specialise in uh, two niches in our business, uh, heritage restorations and uh, environmental builds, uh, more so passive house technology. Yeah. And, I mean, I've, I've been a fan of yours forever. You know, ever since you and I met, you've got you've you've got something that most people don't have, you know, and, and that's something that I've always admired. And you were young back then, you yeah. know, yeah. I mean, not that you're old now, I'm definitely older <laughs> than you. Oh, yeah, yeah, they come in, you know, you start having kids, they all start yeah. coming in, you yeah. know. Um, but even from back then, I'm so glad that we that we've kept in touch. But it's been awesome to see social media wise you know, watching your journey, um, the work in the craftsmanship that you guys have is unbelievable, even, um, in comparison to some of the best builders here. And I truly believe that you guys have some of the best builders in the world, you know, just because of the craftsmanship. Yep. And the attention, just sheer attention to detail. It's kind of funny. I look at a lot of products and a lot of sites and stuff for manufacturers that are over there. And yep. I always try to call and go, can we get these doors? Can we get these windows? And they're like, yeah, no. Which irritates the hell out of me because y'all have some phenomenal stuff, especially doors and yep. stuff like that with very tiny reveals and stuff like that. Yep. And a reveal, for those who don't know, is just kind of a, a the metal frame on a door or a window. Yep. You know, just gorgeous stuff. And they're like, yeah, no, we don't ship to the U.S. Yep. I'm like, you know, it's irritating. Yeah. But I'd love to figure out or, or love for you to tell me a little bit about what's entailed to, to be a builder there. It's completely different than it is in Texas and most places in the States. Yep. You know, some places in the state like Tennessee, you have to take a test. Yep. It's kind of a joke, but it's a test. You know, Texas, you don't have to do anything. What do you have to do? Well, builder. You, you don't actually have to be a qualified tradesman okay. to, to get your builder's license, which I think is a, bunch, yeah. is a bit of bullshit. Yeah. Um, because I, I think you need to be able to practice what you preach. Yes. So to not have a trade behind you or not understand it and just do the license, which you can. Mm-hmm. You know, when I did my builder's license, I did it at nighttime and it was two years, three nights a week while I was doing my trade, finishing my trade at the same time. And we had accountants in there. We, we had people that the teachers having to like explain these simple terminologies. Um, but that's a, in a sense, you can be a qualified, back in the day, it used to be you could be a qualified carpenter or a qualified bricklayer. And the builder's license was called your clerk of works. Now it's a certificate four in building and construction. Um, Certificate three, certificate four, one of those. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, uh, you can either have a experience in in the industry um, supervising jobs to get your license, um, or you have to do a diploma if you have had like no trade background. 
mm-hmm. and you have to be able to show in the state that we live in fair tradings who gives out the licenses and then yeah so that's that's pretty much the the journey to do it yeah yeah that's since it well and again you know here in the u.s in most cases you know you can you can just buy a sign and stick it on the side of your truck and you kind of like roofers yeah you know what i mean yeah. and, and you're good to go well, essentially when i lived in canada it was the same it was the same kind of weird thing where yeah i went to the pub the first time and um i was sitting next to this guy and he goes oh what do you do mate and i was like oh i'm a i'm a carpenter and he goes, oh, I'm a carpenter. And I'm thinking, oh, sweet, I might be able to get a job with this guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he was older than me. And I was like, so how long have you been, how long have you been doing this for? He's like, about two weeks. <laughs> I was like, you're a bloody carpenter, mate. Yeah. You can't say you're a carpenter. Yeah. Well, and there's a difference. There's a difference between like a carpenter mm-hmm. and a framer. Yeah. And, and things like that. And I don't think people really understand that, you know. And I think carpenters thrown around very loosely but you understand what it means, yeah. you know? I yeah. mean, I look at a carpenter, you have framers, trim guys, yep. and then you have true carpenters, yep. you know? And um, it's it's completely different. I look at a carpenter as someone who performs art. Yep. Like you can build furniture, you can, you know, things like that. You can make cuts and put things together so you don't need caulk, yep. you don't need any filler, yep. things like true artisan style work. And that's something that we're lacking in the yep. US. There's very few true carpenters. Yeah. You know, and true woodworkers where it used to be a, a lot more, you know, yep. but it's just like everything else. Plumbing, electricians, HVAC guys are all they're disappearing. Yeah. No one's none of these young kids want those jobs. Yeah. It's actual work. Yeah. And they just don't know what to do with themselves with that, right? Yeah. I've got three boys, the youngest is 19 and none of them want to take over our jobs. Yep. You know, and at I always had the dream of, you know, running a business, having, you know, them take it over and have pride in taking it over. And they're like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. And so it's, it's a lot different generation that's it coming is. through right now. It is. And I, I talk to, and it's funny, my partner says, you sound like an old man yeah. and I'm not that old, I'm 37, yeah. but, um, yeah. yeah, I've been, been doing this for 19 years now. And, mm-hmm. um, I talk to my site manager, I talk to my other chippies and, older guys like we're just scratching our head with these young fellas and they they want everything now they don't want to put in the hard work and they want top dollar and it's like man my apprenticeship was like so different like you know you earned nothing you were you were below the poverty line yeah they gave you six bucks an hour and you had to make it work Mm -hmm. and you had to live at home and by the time you paid for fuel and tolls and everything, you'd have mm-hmm. like 40 bucks to your name. Jeez. And it was like, all right, if you want to do this, you go get another job. Yeah. Like if you want to move out home, then that's what I had to do. Yeah. I, I was working two jobs. That's, that's just what you had to do. But now they actually make good money. They changed all the laws. They changed the minimum wage. So apprentices are making like 40 grand a year. Holy and, cow. And, and they're grabbing a broom like... You know, like a mature age apprentice, they're grabbing a broom and they're sweeping and they don't know how good they've got it. Wow. And you're just like, dude. Well, see, and I, I think, you know, some of the old days weeded out a lot of the people that shouldn't be doing something. 100%. Right? 100%. Because at that point, it's got to be a passion. You've yep. got to love it. You've yep. got to really be in for the long haul. It's not about the money. At the yeah. beginning, 
it, it can't be about the money or you shouldn't be doing it. A hundred percent. Well, and the other thing too is that, that, that the younger generation does not understand is when you learn a trade, you have it forever. It doesn't mean that you have to stay in that industry. No. Yep. You can leave and come back and you still have a skill yep. that not many people have. And we're, we're built in a society of convenience. So most people don't know how to fix a toilet to, to, you know, re if you put up a blind. A, yeah, exactly. Change What's the a, tire. Yeah. Big it's, time, it's you know, thing. and it's that's huge, you yeah. know, and those are things, innate traits that even men should have, you yeah. know, and um, I can go all day long on, you know, the decrease in masculinity across everywhere, yeah. you know, um, for hours, but that's part of it, you yeah. know, who, what's going to happen when our generations are no longer around, I know. you know, and it continues to go down. Who's going to teach these kids? I guess YouTube or something. I don't, I don't know, you know, but yeah. I think that those are innate things that you should know how to do yeah. to be somewhat self-sufficient just because you know how to change your oil. Does that mean you're going to, no, you don't necessarily have to, but, but damn it, it's something. Yep. You have to know, yep. you know, and I, I can't like blanket the whole generation because yes. right now we've got this um, school based apprentice. He's 15 and he's just like it's a breath of fresh air. Um, he's got three jobs. Wow. He's in school and he's doing this thing, a school based apprenticeship. So we've never done this before. So he stays in school for year 11 and 12 uh -huh. and he comes to me one day a week and he does his apprenticeship with me. And then at the end of his school, I give him a job. He starts with me as a second-year apprentice. So he's already got his career wow. sorted. Um, he's a hustler. He's got a great attitude. He's hungry. And it's just like, okay, it's not that there are some unicorns out there. Yeah, yeah. And, and those are important to recognize. Yeah. Because those are few and far between. Yeah. And those are those innate values that you have, I think that you're born with or you're not, yeah. you know, cause it's hard. And I've said it a hundred times. It's hard to teach drive. You, you can't, you can't teach drive. No, yeah. You, you have to instill that hunger. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a question in, in, in driving around and being in the U S what are some of the things that you see in construction that drive you crazy? I know you've uh -huh. got some, you know, whether it's a, a waterproofing technique or you know species of wood we use no i wouldn't say there's things that drive me crazy to be honest it would be being in north america working in in canada um and actually going home mm -hmm. so the things that drive me crazy is our minimum standard the and triple c um our minimum standard sucks really sucks so i lived in canada that was the coldest, you know, coldest experience I've ever had. Uh -huh. You know, some days in, in the town that we lived in, Revelstoke, it would be minus 25, like Oof. proper cold. Yeah. And I, I moved back to Australia and I hadn't been more cold in, I was more cold in Australia than I was living in Canada. Really? It's because we, the, the standard, the legal standard is single glazed aluminium, non-thermally broken windows. Really? crappy ass windows pretty much everyone's living in tents they just don't know it they're, wow. they're, they're going oh look at my million dollar renovation and they've got these crappy ass windows and doors really and they're just so the lifting. stuff that i'm seeing is like the super high-end shit then. yeah okay well, what, what, we're, what we're doing <laughs> yes. is above the norm yes we don't like if they want if my clients want to build with me uh -huh. i've got minimum standards and they're way above the australian standard and if they don't want it 
just go find another builder. Yeah. Like we've, we've got the philosophy for the business is a fabric first approach. So we build a really good shell. Mm-hmm. Everything else can be changed. Everything else can be renovated. You can put new kitchens and bathrooms in a later date, mm-hmm. but that building is going to be super insulated, really thermally efficient, um, be able to breathe. I think that's mm-hmm. a big thing. People don't understand that mold is deadly mm-hmm. and not being able to manage your moisture content in your building your envelope um all that kind of stuff is so important so that's kind of the way that we do it but then like honestly i come over here and i see the way you guys build as a minimum standard kicks our ass well and especially in austin though because we're you know from an efficiency standpoint an energy efficiency standpoint i think we're we're even leading california at this point you know just the standards we've had to go to all you know primary led lights you know foam insulation is kind of a standard now you know it used to be you know bat or rolled insulation or blown in insulation and uh you know foam was always too expensive to use but now it's become the norm so it's you know you can get it for a very good price and those things pay off and those are some of the things that we have to educate homeowners on yeah. um and in, in the cost of like a build right yes. insulation is the cheapest it, it is and like it you're is. trying to like say that th- this this needs to be and they would be like but i want my i want my gold tap yeah i don't want to pay that i want yeah. i want to put it in my tap you're like Seriously, yeah. like, and that's the thing that that we have to often educate people about is it's not only the end price of the house, but it's mm-hmm. the cost to live in the house. Hundred percent. So you may pay X amount of dollars, and that's your budget, if you would. Yep. But how much is it going to cost you to live in it? And you know those things that are inexpensive, like insulation, as yep. a, as an overall percentage of the job. How how quick can you pay for that by not paying double utility bills yep. for what you would have you know you, you could have paid half if you had certain insulations yep. and, and insulated values 100%. in there you know so it's it's an education yep. as well but there again it's it's one of those things that's kind of generational too mm. a lot of people don't have that type of knowledge so it's got to you got to continue to share those things yeah like it, it, it's funny like you know I follow a lot of different builders on Instagram. Mm-hmm competitors um and i wouldn't even say competitors because i I don't feel like we have many competitors where we live um we're just doing very different stuff Mm -hmm. i've got my focus on sustainability and that's and i practice what i preach yeah i think that's another big thing um but then you see your competitors and you know they're doing some lovely work but Mm -hmm. then they're just missing some key things like they don't wrap the houses properly Mm -hmm. just like whoa or they do like a, a great wall build up and they put crappy windows in yeah and they look nice and the clients think you know this is a a great product and it's like it's just not it's not yeah it's not yeah what is one of and i i think i may know the answer already what was one of your favorite builds that you have done it'd be probably my my house uh-huh. yeah our company office slash display home yep um pepper tree passive house um most favorite most stressful yes so it was my first development Uh um my so we live in the front house um my i've got two i've got three kids now but at the time i had two little twins and my partner fell pregnant um well how did that happen (laughs) <laughs> you're like it just happened just happened yeah yeah, Immaculate yeah. Conception. yeah exactly <laughs> um so yeah so amy um she fell pregnant right you know 
February 2020 um, and COVID hit. Yep. Right? So then I've got this this project. My other main project was coming to an end. All the projects that I had lined up fell. Ooh. And I was just like, and I had like a crew and I'm like, you know, you feel very responsible when you're a business owner. Like I talked to my partner about the the stresses of being a business owner and how much weight is on your shoulders mm-hmm. how many families depend on you mortgage bills yada yada so it was super stressful and looking back at it now like with everything that was going on in the world and the family and COVID and everything I didn't truly get to enjoy it as much as I I would have loved to mm-hmm. I didn't get to go a bit slower and just really soak it up um, so it was very stressful mm-hmm. but I finished it I don't know how um, you know, Amy. Amy still doesn't know. She's like, "How did you do that?" And I'm just, I'm just pulling rabbits out of hats. Yeah. Just, the, I've got this kind of philosophy of like, put things out into the universe, and they will come back to you. You know, it sounds crazy. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a spiritual kind of guy. I think yeah. about that kind of stuff, but I think it's very important to, you know, you've got goals and ambitions. Like, write it down, get it out there, verbalize it you know, and then it's out there, you know, you've got to do things to make these things happen. But the universe, you know, you say something like, man, I need a new car, but I don't have the money for it. Like you throw that out there and then a new job's going to come to you or an opportunity for you to make more money to Mm -hmm. actually get that car. So all these, the universe just came at me while I was building it. And I, I fell back on my feet and I won a couple of jobs and I limped to the finish line and, made it work um and now i'm uh, super proud of it yeah yeah super proud and the even just the reaction when people walk in the door for the first time and see the whole thing like yeah it's great yeah it's refreshing well and i bet even to go and look at it on a daily basis as well is yep. something it's more than a house at that point right yep. it's justification that what you were doing you were doing right yeah and i'm a firm believer in in putting things out there you know we the entire the entire world is built on frequency yeah you know i'm all about you know frequency grounding and you know everything puts off some sort of frequency or or energy you know and you have to be a positive impact to that energy versus a negative impact to that energy because it'll fuck you up you know and it's you know a lot of times i've always been younger guy big hot head and everything else super negative and that's even something every once in a while i've got to look at myself and go pull it back a little bit don't be so negative look at the positive side because everything's about perspective right you know and at the end of the day one of the things that i'm learning to do is not i have to do something i get to do something yeah you know i get to you know have to dig this hole and repair this that or the other i'm blessed to have had you know even though it's an issue i know that i can take care of it and i'm happy and blessed to know that i can take care of it and things like that and it's all about perspective and mindset and it's wild once you start changing that positiveness it it you you see the benefits of that completely all around you yeah and it's infectious like I talked to my younger guys about it like earlier earlier this year we're doing one of our projects we're stripping a roof and it's hot, like boiling hot. We're on a roof. It was sunny. We could see the ocean. Mm-hmm. And I, was, I turned to them. I was like, this is the greatest fucking job in the world. Yeah. Like, I love what I do. Like, this is awesome. 
you know, I don't want to be stuck in an office. I've never been, I never started my career to be in an office. It's kind yeah. of obviously running a business is a you little bit a little of bit a, both. You yeah. got to keep the wheels moving, but being on site, working with your hands, mm-hmm. job satisfaction, loving what you do. It's, it, it's, yeah, and have that positivity yeah. to it all. Like, and building's hard. Mm-hmm. Building's hard. Some clients can be hard. Mm-hmm. Some architects can be hard. Some jobs can just be difficult, even when every everyone's great. Mm-hmm. You get problems, um, but it's just like the way that you approach these problems. Like my site manager Elliot, you know, we we go through it all the time. We're like, we come up with something that you know, as you know, on paper, and the real world, they don't just don't work sometimes. Yep, and it's like it's how you approach it, and like, okay, well, there's no, it's not a problem. Where's the solution? Yes, you know, where do we brainstorm? Where do we where do we keep the architecture, make it functional, make it cost-effective mm-hmm. and get all the parties involved? And it's a good brainstorming exercise, but it's just how you approach it all. Yeah, and it's never the problem. It's always the solution. That's always. something I try to preach constantly. But it is funny that you do bring up architects because there's very few architects. There's We have some great ones here in Austin that actually have a design and technical mind because that's two different sides of your brain, yeah. right? Yeah. You can draw a pretty picture yep. and anything can be built. However, yep. how much is it going to cost to do that? Right. Yeah. And a lot of those guys don't have the technical aspect when they do draw, you know, and again, it can look super pretty and it yep. can be built, but yep. it, it may blow your budget. Yep. And a lot of times, if sometimes if you can just move something six inches, 10 inches, yeah. you can save thousands of yep. dollars. And yep. people, people just don't understand that, I think a lot as well so it's kind of funny that you bring that up because yeah. a lot of times we run into that too yeah yeah and, and you know just to go if we move this six inches over i can save you fifteen thousand dollars because i don't need a steel beam now yeah or something like that yeah and they're just things that oftentimes get overlooked which is crazy so but it is difficult because you know yeah myself like you're you're in a different realm than me you know you're you're developing you're kind of your your, your own boss, one hundred percent, and that's that's my goal. Yeah, I, that's where I want to be. Um, but I, I work f- with architects, mm-hmm. and I've got to, you know, work with them in regards to making sure that they're happy with the architecture, mm-hmm. and ov- obviously still looking after my clients and making sure that the the price is fair yes. for what they're getting. Yep, and you can paint a whole house in gold. But it's going to cost a hell of a lot. Yeah, exactly. You know? and anything can be done. That's what I say to my clients. Yeah, I can do anything. Yeah, anything you want. It's What's the money. budget? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, it's it's and it's kind of funny that you bring that up. Over the past couple of years, we started doing a couple customs as well. Um, and and to your point, primarily we're 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 getting a lot into land development and building, yep. and kind of doing both ends, which is kind of rare. I think, you know, especially in Austin, typically it's, you know, you're doing infrastructure and land development and then you're out or you're 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 doing the vertical build. Yeah. But very few do both. Yeah. And that's where we've been able to add a little bit of value to some of our projects as well, just because there's there's a chunk of a markup between land development and vertical development. Yeah. Right. And so if you can spread those out across the entire project, it makes the overall project more profitable. Yeah. Um, and, and we just started doing that because it kind of as as a need to. Right. It wasn't something that I had intended to do, but it was one of the things in Austin 
we only have so much land yeah. and so you've got to be super creative of how you do things and then if you start taking down several several lots next to each other well utilities become a problem yeah so now you've got to get in wet utilities dry utilities you know storm sewer stuff now you're into streets and yeah. now you're into curbs and before you know it now you're into asphalt yeah. you know but to be able to do those things helps tremendously at least us and and we're finding that out in different markets as well because it's very similar you're either a land developer or a vertical builder yep. and we're going there doing both and the city's looking at us going what do you mean you're doing both you know and so it's a little bit of a of a different take but with that said you know um doing projects on your own or spec type projects is completely different than working with clients yep. you know 100%. um and our motto is it, it's always been you know during the design phase that's the dating period right yep. and at the end of the day this is going to be a marriage of sort right it is it's a long-term relationship it is so it's got to work yeah right yeah and so a lot of the people that we do business with are friends. Yep. Um, they come from preferred architects, which I know what type of information is going to come out of there. Yep. Um, and just great projects. You know, we like doing, especially with those, those are, that's, that's the time where creatively I can be a little more free because yep. just doing a spec home, you know, you need to, you need to keep your sales funnel as big as possible, right? Mm. So you may not do what's well, like low low profit margin, right? So exactly. You've got to have a lot of volume. Yep. And then you've got to, you know, on top of that, you've got to be able to attract several different types of people. So you may not put a particular tile in which narrows the amount of people that would like it. Yep. Um, and you know, we're we're doing little funky things here and there that others aren't. We're doing car lifts and garage. I love your car lifts, by the way. I was actually talking to Joey about it. Yeah. We grabbed um, a coffee and I saw uh, a development that was very similar to uh -huh. how you do it. You know, very clever, three stories, you know, 30, 45 degree pitch, but yep. put a loft in there. It's technically two stories, but it's three. Yes. And then you, you get your car lifts in, which are just phenomenal. I, I'm going to take that. Yeah. I'm going to take that back. People need like space is huge it, and keeping like your landscaping and then, you know, how you battle axe it, throw another one in the back or do, you know, how you change the whole street. Sometimes. Yeah, completely. Love it. And, and the truth is you really only need to raise your ceiling height about 16 inches. What's, that, so, what's that in centimeters? Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> this big, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about that big. Yeah. That's um, crazy. But you can't. And what we found was, you know, we were getting punished to create a two car garage yeah. just because of impervious coverage yep. and stuff like that. You still need parking. Most people will have two cars, hundred percent. you know, and it's not going to work for, you know, an SUV and a truck, yep. but for two cars, it will work. Yeah. Um, and at least this way, for what they cost us installed, they're they're under five thousand dollars. Wow! So I can't make a one car, a two car garage for under five thousand dollars. Yeah, you just can't. Yeah. right? you know, with the concrete and everything else. So I looked at that to solve that problem. Number one, but yep. number two is because when you open the garage, people and you tell someone there's a car lift in oh, there, they're like, the "What are you talking about?" Ever. Yeah, so you good. open the garage and you got you've got a car lift. Yeah, and like what? My my other Tesla's just up. Yeah, there. exactly, <laughs> exactly. So it's you know, and you just always try to, especially with spec building, you've got to try something a little cool that no one else is doing. You know, yeah. years ago we started doing you know just giant steel and glass pivot doors. Now everybody does them. Yep. So it's always trying to figure out what's next. And yep. 
car lifts were the next thing, you know, and then you, you don't know that they're there from the outside, right? Yeah. It looks like a single car garage, yeah. you know, and then just only raising that ceiling height a little bit yep. allows you to get that in there. Yep. So it, it is it's pretty neat. Ingenious. I know it's pretty yep. neat. So we're going to continue to do those. It's, you know, little goofy things like, you know, we've gotten heavy into health and wellness. Um, so we, we put steam showers in all of our uh, master bathroom showers. Yep. I'm riding um, to that right now. Oh, like, I mean, it's phenomenal. It's I love that stuff. The, the health aspects of it all, everything. Yes. Well, and that's the thing. People live in their house most of their life, yep. right? You're you're there. Granted, you're sleeping a lot, but why would you not have those additives to your house yep. if you've got it there? Yep. You know, I'm, I'm very lucky to be at this gym and my office is at, at the collective, you know, so I've got all of that here, but I've also got it at the house, yep. you know, and those are things that I think people will see value in, yep. you know, the cold plunges, the hot tubs, infrared saunas, steam saunas. It's, it's so funny. Like you've already doing it. Um, so we've got, a, a an investment that we've renovated and we've got, we've got a couple of Airbnbs. So mm-hmm. Pepper Tree's on Airbnb and we've got another one. And, um, I battle axe the the back of this property mm-hmm. just like you would yep and um put all the services out there so it's a big chunk of land that's ready for my next uh development that i want to do but um you know i talked to amy about it and i'm like we're putting a sauna and an ice bath out there and we're just going to put that on airbnb and just watch that thing just explode because people just want to stay in their own little private sanctuary they don't want to share a sauna with random people like to have that as an experience like it's and i i want it selfishly i want to be able to just oh sweet it's available i'm going for a a sauna and an ice bath like yeah so good that's something that's kind of funny that you bring up um is short-term rentals and things like that i don't think people actually understand what a benefit that can be financially yep but for your self use yep. as well. So we've got we've got one specifically downtown in the in the Zilker neighborhood that whenever we have people come in, yep. that's where they stay. Yep. You know, exactly the and same. it's exactly you know, the same. it's you built the product, yep. you everything. We just block it out. Like when are you coming? Give me dates, give me give me notice because it's booked. Yeah. And I just block it out. Like I had a buddy that just came over from England. I'm like, sweet, you're staying in Peppertree, dude. Him and his wife stayed in there and they're like this is this, this is, is awesome. yeah give me your house like yep. and then you can use it when it's when it's available so we we do that with my kids so our other property it's about three minutes away okay and we do like staycations we're like it's available this weekend i'm like it's not booked out i'm like all right kids we're gonna go get pizza and go stay at farnborough and they're like woo! like yeah, they love it exactly it's so good it's so cool yeah. so it's not even you know it's from you know an investment standpoint plus that property value is continuing to go up, 100%. you know, and that's the thing. All millionaires are in real estate, yep. right? And even billionaires as well. But it's once you get into billionaire status that they actually invest a lot more in it versus actually owning more of it. But they're in portfolios, things like that, because they're not making any more real estate. Yeah. You know, and, and I love the word real estate. Like, mm-hmm. you know, watching some of the stuff, we're very similar to our mindset. Um, I'm all about investing in things I can touch, things I can improve and things that I classify as real. Mm -hmm. Like real estate, 100%. Like obviously Mm -hmm. it's a long game. If you're in it to, as a short-term investment thinking that you can make heaps of money, like you're going to get owned. Yep. Long game. But um, yeah, and then like gold and silver, 
like I just changed a whole bunch of our um, self-managed super. I made a self-managed super fund. You guys call it like four hundred one k. Oh yes. And I was uh-huh. just like, I don't, I don't, I, got I don't know enough about stocks. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know enough about Bitcoin. Like I know some people have Bitcoin, but it's to me, it's still out of my. I can't touch it. Yeah. You know, but stocks and stuff, and yeah, I just like. I want stuff that I, I know it's that's tangible. Tangible. Like yeah. I think it's like a tangible asset. Even if it doesn't produce a, an income, mm-hmm. you know, it increases in value. Uh, it's a good hedge against inflation, all these things. So, you know, seeing some of the stuff that you're saying, I was like, that's what I do. You know, and it's funny because uh, I never thought that I would dig gold and silver and stuff like yep. that. And I, yep. when I started getting into it, I was like, I'm fucking getting old. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's I, what Amy I was said. just like, for That's real, I'm said. getting old. Yeah. You know? They're like, I got like a savings account for the kids, right? You put yeah. like, you know, a couple of dollars a week yeah. away. And I was like, watching in this account, I'm like, this isn't doing anything. Yeah. You know, inflation's going up. You know, one stage it was like, what, seven, eight, nine percent. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm getting a ham sandwich here. Actually, it's eroding. So I was like, all right, I'm going to start buying some gold and silver for the kids. Mm-hmm. Start locking it up in these coins, you know, long term, they're going to be good. And then he's yep. like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, just trust me. Just you break out me. your coffee can. Yeah. And, and I'm trying to teach my kids this. Like I'm trying to teach them that this is actually value and mm-hmm. people are going to, you know, right now it's what, 24 bucks an ounce mm-hmm. for a, a silver for coin. Silver. You know, in 10 yeah. years' time, it might be 150 bucks. Yeah, well, and and because it's valued, several nations are starting to back their currency with mm. that, which most currency was backed like that. And, you yeah. know, the well, U.S. dollar is not. Yeah, and took the gold, yep. uh, the gold standard, standard away. Yep. So yep. now you get a piece of paper that says, basically, I owe you uh, this. Yep. So yep. it's not worth shit. Yep. So, you know, and I've, I've said it for a while now, what's going to happen when everybody that's in the BRICS you know system goes we don't we don't want your dollar anymore yeah it's not worth anything yeah yeah you know that 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 could be a very when huge possibility oil, right yeah when it's not yeah. a petrodollar and and that's the thing you know saudi has done trades and that was part of the deal yep. and the reason why the petrodollar is a petrodollar but they're starting to do trades yep. in other currencies and that are backed by gold and silver we're in like a transitionary period i know i talked to my i talked to elliot about this my site manager and like you know like you know electrification it's coming and it's coming fast Mm -hmm. like in regards to your house your vehicles everything Mm -hmm. like the transfer of like how we're going to start powering things Mm -hmm. and if you're not on the front foot like you're going to be left behind yeah and you're going to you're going to be hurting like i've got this i say to elliot like i reckon by the end of like 2030 like you won't be able to sell your diesel or your petrol car because it's going to be way more cost, way way cheaper, mm-hmm. cheaper to run, like everything. And it's gonna if you're not ahead of it, yeah, gonna, yeah, it's gonna kill you. See, and the funny thing is, and I may just be a redneck in this aspect of yeah. it, but I will never get rid of my diesel truck. Well, I will always have a diesel. But it'll be like a historic vehicle. Yes, you know what I mean. Uh, like yes. you'll yeah. you'll keep it because you've got that nostalgia with yep. it. You love the engine. Mm-hmm. But as a business owner, you're mm-hmm. not going to have a fleet of diesel trucks yeah. to run your business when you could have a fleet of cyber trucks yeah. that don't need any servicing mm-hmm. pretty much compared to a you know combustion engine, mm-hmm. use free energy from your roof of your warehouse or however yeah. you operate. Yeah. It's, it's like, and I think the thing that would be awesome if that stuff was rest, less regulated, yep. right? Yeah. Um, we, 
my wife had gotten a, a loaner car. We had taken her car in for service, and they gave her a loaner car, and they gave her an electric car. Yep. But they didn't give us a plug or anything. Yeah, right. So they were like, oh, there's charging stations everywhere. Yep. And we literally would have to drive around and find a charging station that was not broke. Yeah. You know, and then they didn't work. Or then we found one at the mall. So yep. we'd have to walk around the mall for like three or four hours or leave it there and then come back. And at that point, I was like, I'm never on an electric car again. Was it a Tesla? No, it was a Mercedes. See, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, Elon, like, people hate the guy. I love him. I, I think he's great. I love him. Like, I love him. Straight up, I'm biased. I love the way got, he trolls like, everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love how he trolls. But he's, he's, you know, he's put the infrastructure down. He's mm -hmm. doing what the government didn't do or yep. hasn't kept up with. Yeah. You know, so, like, we've... We went on a holiday and I, I wanted to make a point. We went up to Nembaka, which is about a seven hour drive from where we live. Uh -huh. And I said to Amy, I was like, we're taking the Tesla. And she's like, what? She's freaking <laughs> out. What if we run out of energy? I'm yeah. like, what if we run out of petrol? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. the same thing. Like, yeah. the car literally says, you have to stop here and charge. Yeah. And it's fast. Yeah. You know, and I've got three kids. They need to get out. We need to stop every minimum two hours. Yeah. Usually an hour and a half. Like, mm -hmm. I'm going to go to the toilet, Dad. Yeah. I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm, um, you know, sick of fighting with my yeah. my brother or my sister. Yeah. So we would literally like go to these Tesla charging stations, and they're usually in supermarkets, like mm -hmm. shopping centers. Plug it in, you know, get an app on your phone. And it's like fifteen to twenty minutes, supercharge, boom, and it wow. costs nothing. Yeah, like in retrospect, a tenth yeah. of the price that yeah. it would to fill up your truck. Mm -hmm. And the kids need to go to the toilet anyway. By the yeah. time we get back, it's it's usually done before we're finished. Yeah. And then we're like, all right, we're going to get back because, yeah, if you yeah. don't, they start charging you. Oh, that's yeah, pretty yeah. impressive. It's good. It's like the thing, the thing that I'm looking forward to is when they bring out Nikola Tesla's device that actually produces energy. Yeah, right. You know, and the U.S. Navy owns all or a majority of Tesla's patents. Yeah, right. You, that's a ra Go down that rabbit hole. Okay, all right. Go that's, down that rabbit hole. That's a podcast. Yeah, it's it, it's pretty insane. Um, they own uh, the the levitation technology that was yeah. Tesla's and yeah. stuff like that. It's it's a huge rabbit hole. So you'll go down it, and what you'll find is that Trump's uncle was the fellow that looked at that they brought in to look at all of the patents. Yeah, right. Before they took them. Wow. So there's supposedly a self-generating thing that's like two foot by two foot by two foot that will produce all the energy that a city would need. Yeah, right, like fusion. Like fusion. Yeah, right. And so, and the Navy's got all that stuff. So you go, well, why the fuck don't we have it? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you can go down rabbit holes with that. But cool. Tesla is a, the stuff that he came up with that we never saw. It, yeah. It's unfortunate because we could be in a completely different you know, it, can you imagine having one of those in each vehicle? You would never have to charge it. Yeah. It just produces its yeah. own. Or energy. in your house. In your house. Yeah. Or in your city. We wouldn't have these power grid issues and stuff yeah. like that. I've got a question. What do you guys kind of is, if you had to take kind of like a whole synopsis, what do you guys look at the U.S. in comparison with the shit show that we have going on? <laughs> uh, outsider looking in like to be honest like after covid and 2020 yep. pretty much my partner and i don't watch the news yeah it's hard it's hard like it's hard to swallow nowadays yeah um i don't believe everything that i hear now mm -hmm. that's just me yeah um so you know i i 
I vaguely see a little bit. I don't see too much. Mm-hmm. I know you guys are having an election year. Yeah. Um, you know, I saw this this funny video on Instagram, and it was like, you know, and I have no affiliation with yeah. either president, yeah. know, Trump or Biden. Like, yeah. full it's, disclaimer. Yeah. Go ahead. But there was like this video of like Joe Biden walking, and he's like walking real slow, uh-huh. and then it's it flipped to one of uh, Tesla's robots, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's so funny. I know, I know. Yeah. But even things like that and just watching to, to go back to Elon and stuff like that, how he control I'm not, I'm sure it wasn't with, with that, but his trolling's getting pretty good. Yeah. Just right. with everything in general, right? Yeah. You know, but yeah, I've I've always been curious what we look like to the outside world now. Like, cause we've changed a lot. Yeah. And I think a lot of it's just due to technology. Yeah. You know, I think that there's, you know, you can only make decisions and have knowledge over the information that you're given. Yep. Right. Fifty years ago, you had the six o'clock news and you had a newspaper. Yeah. That was that was it, right? Yep. You didn't have anything else. So that was that was the gospel. That's what you knew supposedly that was going on. But now we all have phones, we all have computers and yep. we can get, you know, reach different countries and find differing stories and go, wait a second, you said this was blue. Yeah. But there's, there's, it was red, yeah. you know? And so that's where I just love people to think, right? Yeah. You know, you can't look at something and, and just take it at face value anymore. You can't. That's sad. You can't, yeah. You know, from history to news to anything. Well, that's, that's the same thing, like, with, with the whole gold and silver, right? Yep. For 401k, we'll call it superannuation. Like, mm-hmm. talking to my best mate. Um, and this was like, we were apprentices at the time. He's a sprinkler fitter. And um, it was like 2007, 2008, the GFC uh-huh. hits. He had this old old digger that was working with him. He was like 65. That's pretty much retirement age. Okay. He had all his money in his super, you know. They trust these super funds. They manage them, all that kind of stuff. Wiped out half his super. Oh, this guy had to, and it's really sad, right? This guy had to... Uh, work for the next three years salary sacrifice his entire wage so his entire income for the next three, just to boost his super back up to this level which it didn't even reach where it was wow and i think that's that's a and looking more into super right 401k and like when i started really pulling it apart and diving deep and this is thinking for yourself and i think not enough people do this they're just like oh yeah my money my money's not really my money because my employer pays for it. Mm-hmm. So that's what we do in our country. It's like 12% or 12.5%. So they don't value it as their money because mm-hmm. their employer is paying for it. But I'm an, I'm my employer. So now I look at it very differently. I'm like, that's my money. <laughs> yeah. I'm paying my money into that super. So that I'm more conscious of it. And, you know, they just forget about it, but they don't look at the fees. And they think that comes with like a life insurance policy. And like I was reading into the life insurance policy for our one, right? And it was pretty crap. You know, you die, you get 200 grand. When your family gets 200 grand, you get permanent disability, you get 100 grand. It was like the blanket policy. Everyone's got it. Uh Um, But the one thing that didn't really advertise enough, when you turn 65, that policy doesn't exist. So you're you're paying money for this policy for, you know, your whole working life. I hope I live longer than 65. Yeah, yeah. And then, boom, you've just been, you know, paying all For these no bees reason. out of your super. And I was like, 
what is this? So I was like, wow. boom, let's, Amy, let's start our own self-managed super fund. Got our own life insurance policy, 99. If I get to 100 and that one expires, I'll be pretty happy. Yeah. But 99, that's where it should be. You know, proper cover, million bucks. Let's yeah. like, let's, let's yeah. you know, what's do your debts? What, what, what do your kids need for to yep. live comfortably? Yeah. So I think that thinking for yourself and not trying to just do what everyone else is doing, I think it's so important because- you know, I don't want to be like, you know, Jeremy, my best mate's old old digger mate, like that yeah. worked with him and lose yeah. lose half of your retirement yeah. like, for some external thing happening. That you have no control over. At, at least I, I at, taking ownership, like at least if what I do, mm-hmm. I stuff it up. That's on me. Yeah. And I, I'm happy with that, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, when the things that I do work out, which have been working yeah you know, I don't, don't get me wrong like i've i've lost money yeah um you know that's that's building um mm-hmm. but i'm still here yeah still operating and i feel like we're going in a pretty good trajectory yeah. Yeah. well and again you have control over it and a that's lot of it. people don't understand that like as a 401k, you can have a self-directed 401k mm-hmm. and people don't get that. They, mm-hmm. they don't understand that. You don't have to pay a Charles Schwab or a, you know, a different bank. You don't have to pay them. Administration fee for what? Yeah. What are they doing? You know, they're making money whether they win or lose, yeah, exactly. period. Yep. And that's what's sketchy, yep. you know, and you get into some of these ETFs and things like that, which look good on the outside. Is it real? But their fees will yeah. kill you, yep. you know. So if you can do some of these things your own, you're better off. However, you know, it's funny watching how the market can be manipulated. Yep. And you see it with cryptocurrency. Yep. You know, Bitcoin's at at. at almost 53,000 right now yep. and it's going every, all crypto is going up right now yep. something's going on I reckon silver's being manipulated like the more I look into it the uh, how much they're pulling out of the ground we're in mm-hmm. deficit the last three years been deficit two or three years mm-hmm. um, the spread so if you look at like you know 1940 like how the difference in value percentage wise between gold and silver was like mm-hmm. you know 10 to 40 times whatever mm-hmm now it's like 90 like wow yeah like you look at like what's well, just on, i think it's two thousand bucks yeah an ounce for gold yep. it's like 20 22 24 bucks for an ounce yeah. of silver like the the difference between the two is getting ridiculous i 100 percent reckon you know it's it's beyond my knowledge yeah. but it doesn't make sense yeah and i reckon in the next couple of years someone's gonna push a button and let it rip and mm-hmm. I'm ready for it. A hundred percent. You know, it's kind of funny. I, when, when I started uh, accumulating gold and silver, I was told in the beginning, buy silver for weight. Yep. And if shit hits the fan. Yep. So like I have coins that were bought for weight, mm-hmm. you know, and the gold that I bought um, was not to be traded. Yep. That was solely to 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 hold and yep. it, and and use more like a savings. Yep. Yep. And the fellow that got me into it explained it very easy. He said, "Okay, shit hits the fan, money doesn't work. Are you going to take a, a small gold bar into a grocery store and peel? You know, yeah. take your pocket knife? Yeah. And he, no, you're not. Yep. You're going to take a couple solid silver coins and yep. you're going to go pay for your stuff. Yeah, buy some milk, buy some bread. You go. And yeah. I was just like." Oh, so I know that if it goes into gold, I'm never touching it again yep. type of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, so we've got gold and silver, but we've got 
more poundage, if you would, of yep. course, of yep. silver. And we've got some big silver bars and stuff too, but we solely buy for weight, yep. you know, because of that. Because again, you have to look at trading value. Yep. Now that doesn't mean that you can't take some of that silver after you've accumulated X amount and then buy a smaller ounce of, you know, gold or yep. something like that yep. too. But, you know, just looking at that differently, yep. it's kind of funny. I did have, I've got um, some older buddies that only do gold. And I've brought that up. Yep. Shit hits a fan. What are you going to do? Yep. They don't have that answer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, break out that pocket knife. <laughs> and, you know, like people get worried too. I'm like, it's it's super liquid. You go to a bank, they'll they'll cash it in. Spot price long. worldwide every All day. All day long. You know, what's funny is um, there's a gold and silver place that I go to that's that's not far away from here, and um, I oftentimes see this lady that comes in. She brings one gold coin. And they pay her for it. Wow. And I had, you know, I had seen her two or three times. And I said, if you don't mind me asking, you know, and she said, well, you know, my husband collected these and had these for years. And this is, you know, I come in every couple months and I cash one in and that's what I live off of. That's so good. And I was just like, that is, it's brilliant. Yeah. And she was like, I don't trust keeping my cash in yep. a bank account. Yep. This will always be worth something. Yep. So when I need it, I cash it in. Yep. And that, that's exactly what I want to teach my kids. Like, yeah. you know, this is like, a, it's a hedge against all of it. You yep. know, at the end of the day, it's been, you know, it's, it's been in the earth. It's yep. part of the earth, right? Yeah. It's been here for it's however a commodity. long. Yep. And it will always be worth something, you yep. know. Um, Especially with renewables. Yes. You know, like people don't understand. And this is this is part of the why I think it's been manipulated because like we're using more silver than ever before. Every single Tesla car, there's a couple, however much silver in it. Mm -hmm. Tesla batteries, any battery, solar panels. See all that twinkle between mm -hmm. the, it's silver. Yeah. Like it's, it's everywhere. And it's like, it's in, you know, unfortunately it's in war. Like it's, yeah. in, it's in missile heads. Yep. It's, it is everywhere. And it's like, why, why is it still so cheap? Mm -hmm. And they, and they're not producing more than they need. Or the question that, that, that I would turn to even is go is think about how much silver is really out there then. Mm. And it's kind of like, you know, anything that they say that there's a short supply of yep. deems a higher price, right? Yep. And then you go, well, wait a minute, how much of it really is out there? Yeah, like how, how much is being stored? Bingo. Yeah. Or how much are you aware of that's out there? And if we understood how much is out there, would it deplete the price of it? Mm. You know, even with gold and oil and stuff like that. Yep. It just blows my mind that the U.S. can, I think on average, burns 65 million barrels of oil a day. Yeah, right. So I look at that and I go, okay, that's the U.S. And then if you look at other countries, and I just, it's hard for me to understand that there's that much fossil activity below the ground. Yep that there's a limited supply of it. Yeah. Cause we don't ever run out of it. Right. Yeah. And so at some point you got to go, what would happen if oil or petroleum was a byproduct, just a byproduct of the earth, yep. something the earth just produced? Yeah. Would it, it, if we knew that, if that was, if that was true, it, kill revenue for countries for it because it would deplete the price of oil yeah so it that's where just because you start looking at things and you go 
when you start finding out that someone's lying to you, you go, well, what about this? Yeah. Is this the truth? Is yeah. it not the truth? You know? Yeah. Um, and that's just kind of what makes me think. Cause it just, it drives me crazy going 65 million barrels a day, but we're still pumping it out. And you, still, you guys have a hell of a lot cheaper than us. Yeah. Like you guys having gallons, obviously, but yeah. I was doing the conversion. I was like, Mm-hmm. Like if we were to obviously there's the exchange rate the aussie dollar and stuff yep. but let's keep that aside if we were to pay if you were to pay what we're paying we're paying like two bucks two bucks something a liter uh-huh. off my head yeah i don't really look yeah um it'd be like eight bucks there's four four gallons wow. four liters in a gallon it's like eight bucks wow like you guys there would be anarchy yeah anarchy oh yeah but and it's and it's funny like you know, you, you as a business owner, you look at these overheads and you're like, you look, you look at your fuel bill. You know, company cars, all this kind of stuff. You're mm-hmm. just like, man, I'm getting killed. Yeah. And now that makes more sense on your side yep. for the electric aspect. 100%. Because even I just filled up my diesel truck. Yep. You know, 32 gallon tank. Yep. And it, it was, I think we were at like 3.45 a gallon. Yeah. You know, so. And that's why, and then I look at that, right? And I go, I can drive this thing for 300,000 miles, 500,000 miles, and just have normal wear and tear, brakes, tires, yeah, see? you know. That makes sense. For the, forever. the scale of economics for you guys yes. makes sense. But for us, it doesn't. You know, the, the all the mechanic fees, you know, mm-hmm. servicing your car, all of that. And then you're just like, man, and everyone's kind of numb to it back home. Like I remember when, I sound old again, right? Right. When I was a you know, first year apprentice, we're like, like I remember it was like 90 cents a liter, 80, yeah. 85 cents a liter. And when it hit a dollar, everyone's like, I remember the, the, the signs didn't have three digits and they were sticking up, <laughs> they were sticking up like laminated pieces of paper, yeah. putting a one zero wow. zero. And everyone's like, it's a dollar. Everybody thought the world was coming to yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just keeps going up and up and up and yeah. everyone's just like, oh. Well, and that's the thing too, that people don't understand with this whole inflation. This is, this is worldwide, yeah. you know, so fuel affects everything it affects food common goods everything building yeah because you've got to get product to be able to use it it's got to get there somehow yep you know um and that's the part that people just don't get too um so that that that's kind of interesting as well i don't that'd be insane if we had to pay those prices how was like the whole transition of all the inflation like the the cost of built did you have like some you know material increases we had insanity increases is what i call them like a sheet of osb yep or uh plywood if you would um used to be twelve dollars okay you know and then during covid and and all that shit it got up to forty two dollars forty three dollars a sheet yep and so if you're in a job yeah which we were in several yep where we had budgeted yep $12, $13 12 $13 a sheet, yep. and now we're having to pay $42, $43 for yep. that exact same sheet. Yep. And the funny thing was is, you know, before I started building, I, I sold lumber. So I still have a lot of buddies that still sell lumber. They work in lumber mills, stuff like that. It wasn't because the production wasn't there. Yeah. They were falling apart at the seams with OSB and plywoods. They couldn't get it yeah. to location. Supply and demand, right? That's what there it was. was. such a demand. Yes. Yep. And so the manufacturers made it yep. and they had so much of it, they couldn't get rid of it. Yep. However, they just couldn't get it yep. to the people that needed it. Yep. And that's what 
kind of drove some of those prices up as well. The yep. product was there. We it, just couldn't get it. It was out of control. Like, so we had this thing where, like, LVLs, you guys oh, use yeah. LVLs? Oh, yeah. So, and thank, thank Christ I uh, built Pepper Tree. I pretty much had all my team. I had the whole thing framed up uh-huh. pretty much before all these increases. So, I, yeah, yeah, it, you, was, you, it was huge. I, I dodged a massive bullet. But, yeah, these, um, we couldn't get LVLs. Like, it was like call up my supplier i'm like man i need to get some he's like you're gonna have to wait like three months i'm like i need to build this wall tomorrow like what is going and then i had to start you know really changing the way i program my jobs Mm -hmm. like i remember i had this one job i was doing this bathroom renovation for this lovely client and she's like i want to get this toilet yeah (laughs) and i ordered the toilet it took seven months seven months to get this parisi toilet from europe and because of all the shipping embargoes and all this crap wow i was embarrassed i was like and it makes you look like you don't have your shit together right (laughs) totally so i had to like change the way that i like program my jobs and how i how i do everything Uh uh-huh run the whole business and i was like you know everything has to be ordered straight away we have to yeah contingency time we have to allow for all of it and then my clients, so we, we work on like a do and charge kind of business. So we call like it cost, cost plus cost plus. Okay. That's how we run. And, you know, at, at the beginning when I started the business, like, you know, 10%, maybe 15% contingency. Mm-hmm. That's what I tell my clients. Yeah. You know, a bit of wiggle room, but obviously if you change things, you know, you add things, then the price is going to increase. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, I got to tell my clients like, 20 to 30 like in the peak of it i was like saying 30 to 40 percent yeah and it was just ridiculous like you know a stick of lvl like pre all this stuff i think we were paying like like uh, just like what you call it two by four four by two um i think it was about seven bucks a lineal meter Uh and then it got up to like 12 14 15 dollars and some of the obviously the bigger sectional size way more like markups were huge yeah i feel like I'm constantly calling my suppliers now. I call them monthly. I'm like, <laughs> I got this legend, Bob, love you. Yeah. And um, I'm like, Bob, where are we at? What um, I give him my list. I'm mm-hmm. like, where are we at per lineal meter? You know, I'm yep. pricing these jobs. I've got these other jobs running. I'm like, where are we at? Where are we at? And he's, I feel like now there's, it's kind of like, this has gone up. Mm-hmm. It's kind of plateaued a bit where there's a couple of housing organizations that's, that are saying that DA... Um, approvals have been the lowest in 20 years right now so interesting it still seems very busy but yeah i think people don't really think about the future enough in regards mm-hmm. to okay you know just because there's all this work in the pipeline now what's going to happen in the next one two three four years yeah you know i talk to engineers as well i'm like how are you doing how busy like i'm always talk. i'm always trying to get a sense of like the macroness of it all, you know. You have to. Not just focusing on oh today. I've got this job and life's great. Yeah. Because if you yeah. if you have that mindset, um, you're gonna you're gonna get chewed up. It's true. It's you know? true. And you've got to protect yourself. You gotta like like I'm always thinking about like how do I produce my own work? How do I if the world ends again, mm-hmm. how do I keep my boys? Yeah. How do I how do I keep my staff? I've, I've got yeah. Christy as well, I shouldn't say boys. Yeah. Um you know how how do you how do you service how do you keep the machine running in mm-hmm. as you know you do you've got this independence about you you know like mm-hmm. you've got this this business model and it's and it's i'm envious and i i will get there but it takes time mm-hmm. i think a lot of people don't understand that like 
how how what was the journey for you like how did you get to where you are like today? you know and that's the funny thing outsider looking in that's how it looks yeah right you know everyone thinks it's caviar it, and ferraris 100 <laughs> percent, and that's just where it's like it is it, it's a you when you build a machine that that's gotten to the point that we're at you constantly have to feed that machine yep. and be smart about how you feed it you don't want to do jobs just to keep the machine going mm -hmm. that may that you can lose your ass on yeah right yep. you've got to be smart about that you know and sometimes we'll slow our jobs down purposefully to kind of reset and everything mm -hmm. and then be able to to go back into it you know we've got a handful of jobs going right now but we're getting ready to go into a development that we're going to do the land development in 12 houses and we'll do all that by mid next year yep. you know so we're bringing some customs down and it, it's all a matter of timing in the machine yep. you know and and sometimes to your point you have employees and you feel responsible for those people yep. you know you've got Definitely. to feed them you've got to you've got to feed that machine yeah and so um I think one of the, the the benefits to having a positive attitude is it will work, yeah. right? Yeah. And you can't be, you know, held up in your house going, oh, I don't have any jobs coming in. I don't have this, that, or the other. You just can't do that, yeah. right? You know, it's it, you can always produce. And with that said, it's because we're in an industry that not many are in. Yeah. You know, and that's that benefit that we have. Yeah. You know, I'm a firm believer, much like you, I do not want to do something for someone that I do not physically know how to do myself. Yeah. You know, does that mean I used to, I, you know, I used to love working with my hands and working with tools all the time, but it, there became a point because we had so many projects yep. where I lost money. Yep. If I did that, it brought me great peace and I loved it, but it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make right? sense. Financially as a business yes. owner, like you've got, you've got a lot of things that you have to do and you've got to keep the wheels moving. Yes. And it's like, like I try to be on the tools, say right now I'm trying to be on the tools 60% of the time, 40% uh -huh. in the office. Um, I'm growing. Um, we're taking on yeah. more projects. We've got a lot in the pipeline and it's mm -hmm. kind of getting a bit ridiculous, which is first world problems. Yeah. But then I'm thinking like, okay, I'm going to have to like take another step back mm -hmm. and I've got to make sure I've keep this balance of like being happy, being healthy, looking after my family, making mm -hmm. sure that they're good. And also making sure that all my guys and my administrator, they're all happy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's this, yeah, super balancing act. And you can't, as the builder, it's so funny, right? People think that being a builder, you're on the tools. You're yeah. a builder. You are not a builder. You yeah. are a psychologist. <laughs> you are marriage counselor. a marriage counselor. <laughs> you're yeah. a, a business owner. You're, you know, trying to, keep a lot of egos in check yep. you're trying to you know look after provider mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're every finance you got and that's the thing like people think as a builder you have to know everything about the business if you don't know the finances if you don't know how everything runs like my accountant loves me but i know at the same time every time he he's my my sees my phone ring yeah. his phone ring and he goes, oh, Adam Suter again. Yeah. <laughs> because I want to understand how it all works. I'm like, yep. he's like, oh, this is this and this. Depreciation, mm -hmm. break it down, layman's terms. I want to know everything. Like we go out to lunch, like every like every year we sit mm -hmm. down, we do pre-tax meetings. I'm like, I want, I want to know everything. 
Yeah. And as a business owner, you have to. Like it's it's so complex and it's everything but building. Yeah. Right. No, building, totally. Building's easy. Yeah. You know, building's probably one of the simplest things ever. You have yep. a problem and you can find out a solution. Yep. See it. It's yep. really not rocket science. Yeah. Like there's technical aspects and you know, yep. might make it look easy. That's obviously experience. But running a building company is so different and so many people don't understand it. And yeah. that's the saying I like to say, like, yeah, it's all Ferraris and caviar. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> it, man. That's it. We just make it look easy. That's yeah. why you pay us type yeah. of deal for but, sure. Yeah. And you gotta work. I think another thing, I'm sure obviously you do this, like you gotta work on the business yes you know you can't just be in the business mm-hmm. and you've got to allocate time you have to do that to grow you have to you have and to. to be better and like amy she hates hearing me say this i'm like i've got to fix my systems and procedures she's like <laughs> i don't want to hear you say it's that it's never ending it's never ending and that's the thing like you can never be satisfied because you don't improve you die mm-hmm. like someone else is gonna do something better they're gonna pull out some you know? Yep. So it's totally true. Yeah. It's totally true. Where can people find your work? Are you on Instagram, Facebook? What, what? Instagram? I don't know. Does anyone use Facebook these days? I don't. I, I, like I the, check it like every other day. The relatives, like, like the relatives yeah. from America. Yeah. Yep. Joey's mom will send me messages. On yeah. Facebook. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Instagram. We're on Instagram, suda.built. Okay. Um, we've got a website, sudabuilt.com.au. Um, we've got a website for our company office peppertreepassivehouse.com.au um yeah and we'll be sure to put those links in the field as well too so people can check you out but i really appreciate you coming in i love seeing you love seeing what what you've done with your life in professional and private it's been phenomenal and i really appreciate it buddy thanks man